0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Fight Inside Podcast. I'm your co-host for today, Rain Cruise, AKA Ringside Rain, and with me as always, Timmy B. Today, we will talk to one of my friends from Up Next Fighting, discuss Rowdy, Ronda, Rousey, Logan Paul, and many more. So what are we waiting for? Tim, hit it! Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Fight Insight Podcast.
1: That was the best intro I've ever had, Ringside Rain. Thank you so much. Uh, Guys, today our podcast is going to go a little bit differently. We had a guest all lined up. They unfortunately had something happen. My good friend ringside rain who we just met two weeks ago is now my co-host and she recommended someone she says hey if you need someone go check out this guy he is awesome he is a uh amateur fighter born in brooklyn new york city grew up in piscataway new jersey college of university of miami training mma for four years he's full-time doing it as of last year his home gym is legacy los Angeles." He's fought three times so far. His fighting style is freestyle and kung fu. We are very lucky to have him on the podcast. Short notice. This is going to be a great one. Ringside Rain. Please welcome to the podcast.
0: Khalil Pearson, aka Lushes. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. Welcome. Ka- how
2: are you
1: guys doing? Khalil. Khalil, how are you, my friend? Feeling great. Feeling great good man thanks so much for joining the podcast like i said last minute so i appreciate you coming on so much uh i did try to promo you already on our instagram this comes out thursday so people will have some time to get to know you but uh who is mr khalil pearson
2: oh i mean i feel like i'm a a pretty interesting guy you know i love fighting uh i love dogs i love good time i love entertainment um and I love what I've been able to do this past year. It's been an awesome time.
1: Yeah, you fought three times already this year. I was looking at your record, right? Yep, so you've yep. go- gone in hard, getting the fights under your belt. How's that going? And, and why start now? What, what happened in your life that you start, began to start now?
2: Um, it's been awesome to try to speed track my way to getting experience. Uh, yeah. I started training about four years ago. Uh, 2020 kind of threw everything off for a little bit, you know, whether it was fighting, whether it was getting to the gym, whether it was wearing masks in the gym. So I also had a few injuries that year. So I just spent time getting back in shape. Last year, I saw the opportunity where I could just train for a camp five months. Uh, I signed up for this ALTA program, and it said I could get a fight after five months. So I immediately signed up. Literally 2 a.m. in the morning, I see it. I see Daniel Cornier is, is giving the intro on the program and I immediately sign up. I think I started the next week. Um, I was still working at the time. I I worked in cannabis for a long time and I feel like life kind of guides us, right? Like whenever one door is closing, another one's opening up. So, uh, I, my cannabis job, I think our office was closing and moving to the IE area and I'm in LA. So that was going to be a big move for me. You know, I've been working for the company for a while and I had just started the Alta program training for two weeks and I had to make a choice, you know, um, cannabis was just something I was in for 15 years or something that I literally have had this passion for, for four years. I've been telling people for literally four years, like I'm going to get a fight, like whatever I have to do. So I made the, the choice that, you know, I follow my heart and, uh, it's brought me here. It's been awesome. I've been manifesting along the way,
1: um, and just going for the ride that's crazy rain that rain that's know, exactly like
0: one thing right
1: that's exactly like what you were talking about rain when you were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago about when one door closes another one opens your path it will guide you
0: yeah, yeah gotta trust yeah, it gotta trust reason. it you have that. yeah when you trust that path khalil how does it feel that when you finally you know what you manifested actually came true
2: oh uh, it's been beautiful especially with the uh, with my last fight um before my first fight, I had been trying to get on a – I had been talking to my teammate about possibly getting on a card together. I love the guy. He had been putting in hours with me, helping me train, getting me prepared for my first fight. So it was really important for me, for us, you know, to, to make it happen. So to finally get it, to, to be in our, in our corner together, to be in the backstage together, to be trained together, preparing, to be cutting together, it was such an experience, you know. It's a bonding moment. Um, and like we were saying, it's just life, you know, when you trust, when you, it's a direction. So when you trust it, you're always doing it, no matter whether it's MMA, whether it's your love life, whether it's how you eat your food, whether it's how you sleep at night. It's just, you're just following how you're being guided. So, you know, it's been, it's been awesome.
1: Yeah, it's good, man. So when is your next fight coming up? I think you were saying possibly end of year
2: yes so i had a fight in may that was a little quick for me because i was coming back from a hand injury um i had got knocked out unfortunately i went up in size i was weighing around 165 pounds and i agreed to let my opponent come in at 175 pounds Mm -hmm. so him coming into the cage probably 190 pounds kind of caught me (laughs) off guard so when i got clipped uh you know, it really, it really caught me off guard. Uh, so I was, you know, a little bit of ego. You know, I was eager to get back in the cage, but I feel like in my camp, I wasn't doing the right things necessary to keep myself safe coming off of that KO. So I was only cleared for about maybe six days going into the fight in July. But like I said, it was really important for me to get on the card with my teammate. I feel like that was more important, like whatever happened, win or lose. I also had a very good matchup for me. Um, so, you know, I was really excited about that. And it didn't go my way, you know. Um, so I feel like it's important for me now to to heal, to get better, to rest, have some more time to, you know, work on technique and, uh, you know, make sure my chin's good, you know.
0: Can't yeah. be, I'm pretty,
2: you know. I can't be out there getting hurt. You know, I don't yeah, yeah. bleed. I don't, get, I don't get black eyes, but I, I get clips. I don't know what's going on. So, you know, I got to figure some things out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, I mean, the thing about it is you're in your amateur career right now. So there's time, you know, like you don't obviously you don't want to lose and stuff like that. But you've got time. You've got time to grow and get those experiences, right? And and figure out everything so that as you progress to the professional career that you're destined for, it all lines up, right? You can go, okay, I've Experience learned about this, I've learned from that. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk later about Ronda Rousey. I mean, to me, it's like once she lost, she couldn't figure out how to get back on track, you know what I mean? Like that's a big thing and you see that happen, right? Like you see people mm-hmm. with a loss and then they're never the same, they just can't figure it out.
2: I was thinking about that earlier today where it's, it's been awesome. I feel like I've, it's gonna be better for me long-term to have these losses now than later on in life because like you said, I'm going through it. You get to see how I jump back, how I react, see how I handle losses and adversity. And I love it, I love that shit. That's literally my bread and butter you know, since I was a kid, so um, rather now than later, mm-hmm. experience is key. I love fighting. You know, good fighters. You know, I've been fighting people that have more experience than me. Every fight, um, yep. I've been getting in there undersized. I fought at one seventy 170 to one seventy five once, and I literally couldn't even bulk up to that size. So you know, I'm taking on bigger opponents. I'm, you know, I'm with the shit. Short notice. I don't. I don't care. You know, I'm with. I'm with the smoke. So, uh, you know, I, I love this journey. I love to to take it step by step. I love to make mistakes, you know, like it's, it's a part of the process, so I'm owning it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll kind of jump to a fellow UNF uh, individual just like you two, Ashley Evans-Smith. Mm-hmm. She's coming back this weekend at UFC to fight after two plus years layoff, spinal surgery, Uh, she was on our podcast before. So she'll tell you she's had other surgeries, cosmetic surgeries, right? Like, so she's gone through different things. Coming back after two years, I had, you know, she's a friend of the podcast. I really like her. I've I've always been a fan of hers, a fan of her podcast. She does a great podcast, Sex and Violence. Um, She's inspired me to do this one. Uh, I'm nervous for her. In all reality, I am nervous because two years away, What do you think about that Khalil? Like for when someone is away for that long, the game is changing, you know, obviously we want her to win. We're all UNF fans Mm -hmm. here. We're all, we're all team Ashley Evan Smith, rebel goal for sure. But what do you think about that? How do you think she has to prepare to be able to, to win that fight?
2: Um, I think just like you said, the game has changed. It's the fastest growing sport. So, you know, you see new prospects coming in with new talent coming in, able to trump old styles. Um, but I do think that time off is key. You just get better with time. You get to relax. You get to heal from your surgeries or injuries. You get to re get comfortable again with your body. Um, and everyone's clock is different, you know. I've had injuries where I was able to bounce back after a month or so. And I've had injuries where I literally was lost for a year, two years, you know, where I just I couldn't figure it out until that moment. Um, so, I mean, if she's ready to get back in, you know, I wish her good luck. I think she'll perform well. I've seen her fight. She has a great attitude. She's uh she studies the game. Um yeah. even even though she was cheering for my last opponent uh when I was in the what? game, you know. I, I still <laughs> wish her the best of luck, you oh. know.
1: <laughs> I did not know about that Khalil. I'm,
2: I'm I'm honestly all jokes. I I love it. I don't mind, you know. We're all yeah. it's it's a small world, you know. So um and it's it's politics. It's a small industry, you know. We're all at UNF, so I don't mind. I don't I personally I don't need anyone to to root for me or be in my corner. I just love how passionate they are about the sport and what they do. So as long as she's doing that and she's fighting, competing, my hat off to her. Seriously. I wish her the best of luck.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before we move on to some other topics, Khalil, just one more thing about you, my friend. When I was looking at your Instagram and stuff, I saw you had some pretty cool tattoos. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask I did want to ask though, you had the the musical notes with the stars. Oh, hold on. He may have the uh yes yes sorry about that no sorry about that i got excited <laughs> for, those, about for those for those for those <laughs> for those on audio only he just threw his phone across his book so I literally so, so excited used, i like, was about m- to rip my shirt up yeah mu- <laughs> musical notes with the little stars on it what's that
2: um so i've been a piano player since i was five years old um wow. i've started pl- I started playing professionally uh, jazz piano when I was 11. I used to play in different bands. I toured around for a while. So when I was oh. younger, when I was younger, my parents always wanted me to do music, but I was always the athlete. I was the hooper, I was the swimmer, the lifeguard. Um, and but I did enjoy playing piano. I feel like it's a big part of me. So my senior year of high school, I had a knee injury in my college showcase, right? And I was planning on going to college for basketball. So when that happened, I didn't want to spend an extra year in high school. I was paying private school thirty grand a year. It was all this madness. So it was like music was right there for me. Like I was saying earlier, life has its way of closing one door and opening another. So I easily got into every college I applied to. Um, I got a scholarship down to University of Miami. Um, so at that time, I didn't have any tattoos, but I always knew music was a big part of me. I knew I didn't want to play forever. That's why I went for music business as well. But I knew that there was something special about when I played that connected me to it. And I always felt like it was coming out of me. Like literally coming, like pouring out of me this style. I was so different. Just like even in MMA. I'm, I'm an awkward. I'm unorthodox, you know. And I feel like the same thing in, in music. And I don't know why the star thing became very popular, but... <laughs> I don't know, I just thought it was interesting, something different. You know, everybody gets the music notes, everyone gets the music notes with the star. Um, and I also got it reversed. So normally the clef is supposed to be going this way, but I got it like it's coming out of me, like literally someone inside of me is doing it. So um, I don't know, I went to, uh, to University of Miami for a jazz piano music business and that's when I got it. It was a time where I was locked in, I was working for a music label at the time. I thought that's what I wanted to do even though I wasn't completely happy but like I said it's just been coming out of me you know like we we're not in control we think we're in control but we're really not in control so you know I just go with the flow seriously and this is one of those things
1: Rain, for a guy that did not prep at all for this interview <laughs> I know right and, and for a- and for a guest that came in last minute, this has been pretty awesome already. Like, I trained
2: this morning, too, guys. I trained for three Dude. hours this morning, and I also nice. didn't get much sleep for, like, the first time. So, yeah, man, this is yeah. me, you know. I'll try to be my authentic self.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so happy that, that we've met you. Uh, Rain, before we get on with some of the stuff that happened at UFC 290 and some other stuff, is there anything else that you wanted to ask, Khalil?
0: So I have two questions for you. One, um, so you're born and raised in Brooklyn, right? And then you moved to New Jersey and then now you call California home. How often do you go back home?
2: Um, So when I first moved out here about five years ago, I would go back pretty often, um, whether it be for work, um, visit friends, you know, every few months, I was very freelance where I was able to do that. Then it kind of slowed down where it'd be like once a year where I'd go Um, and then last May I went home for my nephew's birthday, you know, got to see the nieces and nephews get big. Um, and I actually just went back before my last fight, um, Mm -hmm. to see family. And I wanted to also check out some other gyms. Um, I wanted to kind of prep myself to get in that mindset of, you know, Mm -hmm. just like when you're walking into the cage, when you have people cheering against you, going out for your head where you can just walk in, you know, stay calm, keep keep your composure and perform um so once a year i'd say you know i love my parents i I love the east coast but i'm a warm weather guy you know i went to school in miami so after that it was like how can i go back to the cold you know
1: you're talking to a guy that's in toronto canada (laughs) i I hate it here it's the worst
2: (laughs) oh (laughs) my god yeah but i mean you got the women out there so (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm a I'm a married man, Khalil. Happily married man. So I got the best oh, well, woman. I got there the best woman. See, you, so. there you go, right there. Just, save them for me, le- right? It's when just leftovers now for everybody else. That's it. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing good. I got the best. That's it. Ooh, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah better yeah. for me. Yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't come in the winter. Uh, and Rain, you had one more thing you want to ask. Oh about?
0: yeah. So we talked about you know. Sometimes like prepping for fights, you're walking down that, you know, ramp to get to the cage. And when you hear, you know, the crowd, like if, if somehow they're against you. And now that you mentioned you have your music background, do you sometimes like think of like music, you know, and kind of start composing music in your head to kind of help you calm down?
2: All the time. Um, I tell my guys, um, especially before my last fight, that I need them to tell me a song before I even walk into the cage. You see me walking out, I always find my rhythm. I think that's extremely important. But when I'm in there, especially when we're used to training with music and having rhythm, so you're always able to catch a beat or a song, you have to have a song in there. You have to have some type of rhythm, be dancing. I'm always screaming, dance. And then on top of that, as a musician, as a piano player, I play in the background a lot. So I'm always accompanying other instruments. So you have to have an ear. You always have to listen. It's always engaging, you know. So I feel like I literally hear everything as soon as I like walk into the arena. I hear the guy in the back. I hear the announcer talking. I hear everything. So um, I'm locked in, you know, and flowing at the same time where it feels comfortable.
0: I love that you said that you're flowing. Uh, Just want to let you know, Tim, he's one of the guys that when I announce him, he gets in the moment. And like I see him like doing this when I'm announcing his name. So I that helps me too to kind of feel his vibe. And I'm like, oh god, like he likes the way I announce his name. And so we're then, locked in. Yeah. I like that moment with like you know, the person I'm announcing. Because to me, it's like I really like to push them over. And when I feel like they feel my energy, it's like, oh man. To me, that's like I did my job. <laughs> yeah. So every thank you. piece is thank so you. important.
2: No. Thank you. And I'll, I'm so happy that I was your first MMA fight too. I thought that was really special. So we shared an awesome moment,
1: Very yeah. nice. seriously. No, it's very nice and it is cool because like with Khalil being the performer at heart and through music and then Rain with you with your professional wrestling background having that performance as well, right? Like that's, that's where you guys have that kind of commonality as well, right? It's the performance. It's the, yeah. the energy that you guys- I didn't hearing. even know.
0: I'm not a I wrestler. I'm announcing wrestling. But... Okay, I was like, you. Um,
1: like... no, 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 no. You give her a second. That. I did see that. No, she will RKO you through the mat. <laughs> you, you piss her off. It's oh, over. We uh, can't uh, see me. I believe so... it. I believe it. I believe uh, it. All right. So speaking of drama in in the cage. Let's talk about, and I'm and I'm glad that you're here, Khalil, because I wasn't going to talk about this with our planned guest. Our planned guest, who will be, oh, so, <laughs> for, so next week, next week our guest is going to come. Next week our guest is going to be uh, legendary MMA announcer TJ Desantis. He's the guy that announced for Invicta for years and years and years. Okay. Um, solid, solid voice, man. Um, so he's going to be on the podcast next week. So, uh, we apologize for that this week, but Hey, this, this podcast is great. And like I said, because he's a professional announcer, I don't think I could have talked to him about what happened with Israel at Asanya. I feel like, I don't know how media is going to take to it and what happened. Everybody on the planet. Probably they gotta, they has gotta play this. the high road, you know, it's, Ex- uh, they play well, high road. Or- I don't know, man. Cause there's been some announcers and yeah, stuff like that have that have taken some low rows. Like when John Annick goes off on Colby Covington stuff, I I've, I've taken some issue with stuff like that. Like some commentators, I feel like you should stay in your commentating role. I don't know that you should bring personal stuff into it. Um, just recently, Bruce Buffer went off on Sean Strickland. I don't know if you saw that this weekend. He started talking crap on Sean Strickland, which I thought was weird. No. Uh, yeah. I love yeah. Sean he,
2: Strickland too. Wow.
1: Me too, man. I love Sean. Uh, We've had, we've had some beefs online with Sean Strickland and me. Because I'm friends with uh, Commander Dale Brown, you know, from Dust. Do you know that guy? The okay, guy that okay. does the security uh-huh, stuff? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'm friends with him. Uh-huh. He's been on the podcast a few times. But, you know, him and Sean have had some fights. Like, Sean keeps challenging him to a fight to the death in the middle of a desert. So, <laughs> i got to back up my <laughs> friend Commander Dale, man. Uh, anyways... <laughs> Okay, oh, man. if That's you did so not hard. watch UFC 290, if you don't know the history behind uh, DDP, Drickus Duplessis, and uh, stylebender Israel Adesanya, there's there's drama there that obviously we, we all know, but I'm gonna play a very brief clip of what happened at the end of DDP's fight. Izzy comes in, uh, and this is kind of just the beginning-ish of it. And absolutely, this man. That's what it
0: is, it's an easy fight, it's easy money. I manifested this, I said I was gonna have this moment. And I know I'm going to have this moment. Look at me. Hey, stare off. Just hang Look at me. Come here. Come
1: here. Crowd started booing. I think they were booing Israel Adesanya. Um, Izzy then goes off on several uh, expletives. You know, like he starts, he starts saying a bunch of stuff uh they go to dana white and they say what do you think about that and dana's like what do you think about what what's racial like dana played almost like he didn't even understand what the hell was going on uh khalil i'll go to you first what did you think about the whole israel going into the cage thing and what he was saying and the energy and aggression that he brought in well, first,
2: since uh, the WWE took over, I mean, you know, the face-off thing has been big, you know, and I do think it draws energy because as a kid, I was a big fan of wrestling. So, you know, I think it, it kind of gives the people what they want a little bit. It's yeah. tough to to bring someone in right after someone just won. I think that's the tough part. Um, you know, uh, Duplessis trying to like ride that win. He's... You know trying to figure out how to feel after beating rob and uh you know then he immediately has to see Izri- izzy so then izzy comes and hits him with like the one trump like the one thing that probably no one expected i didn't even expect it you know <laughs> and uh he literally just goes off you know i i like in- izzy he gets a lot of a lot of shit because um they say he's very cringy um But after his last celebration you know everybody was was on him you know with the like everybody you know that was one of the best celebrations we've ever seen and for him to come i feel like it was just it was a little much you know he could have done it a little a way smoother it could have been cool it could have been funny he could have did it in a slightly humorous way but it was like kind of a mix between like my brother and then i'm trying like it was like slightly friendly but kind of beefish at the same time so unnecessary you know you can't i saw i was watching one of your interviews with bobby green because i fucking love bobby green he's in my top five where he says um you can't fight hate with hate you know
1: yeah yeah like when
2: when people hit you with hate like you gotta fight it with love and i feel like like there's just been a weird undertone where like duplessis said whatever about izzy and then izzy's coming back with hate and then it's just this weird book if you're really like that, you know how to, how to play the game. Like, you know how to say things that hurt, but like they're, they're undertone, you know? Like, you don't really come out and have to scream in someone's face to like get your point across. So, long.
1: but I'll say yeah. all
2: that to say one last thing. It was hilarious because, like I said in the uh, DDP interview after he was like, you know, I, I was ready for whatever he was, uh, I, whatever Izzy was going to say, I was prepared for it. And I'm like, man, like that was probably the one thing.
1: That he wasn't prepared for, mm. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, because really, now, okay. So yeah, because what do you do now? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say hate with uh, combat, hate with love, right? Mm-hmm. Because in mm-hmm. truth, if you go back and watch like where this all came from with that thing, I don't really. I I'm of the side that I don't think the DDP said anything that wrong initially, mm-hmm. and then. And then Izzy took it really racial, really, uh, you know, historical, racial, whatever. Izzy seems to be trumping that up. You never hear a DDP say anything about it. And when they approach him on it, he's just kind of confused. He's like, you know, I was born and raised in South Africa, right? And like, so he's kind of, I feel bad yeah, for the Yeah, yeah. Even even in that altercation at the end, he just walks away. Like he doesn't even engage because he's just like, yeah. I don't, don't understand what I'm supposed to do here, and anything I do do might be taken wrong. So mm-hmm. see you later, and he just walks off. I mean,
2: uh, yeah, he took the high
1: road. That's what you're supposed mm-hmm. to do, yeah, especially she... after
2: you have that dump. After like you don't even know how to feel. You just beat Whitaker after everyone counted him out, and it's like he has this awkward moment where. And at the same time, I actually bet that Duplessis was gonna win. So, so out did to I, buddy. Discord group. So we were expect. Let's go. Get the money. Hey, I want. I so, want. I want a, I want you know, a pretty a
1: surprise. I want a pretty sweet parlay because I had DDP Lawler and uh Pantoja. Oh, cashed in, baby. Cashed <laughs> in. Cashed <laughs> in. I was happy. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cleo. Um.
2: Uh. So it was, it was a tough situation. I feel like um, DuPlessis, he's a nice guy. He's South African. You can't be mad. But I feel like there's always just been this undermining tone of, you know, that we probably don't even understand because we're not even from Africa, you know? Like maybe yeah. this happens more often than we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually respect uh, DuPlessis because it's like he – like i said when you're when you're good at at this at this game of mma like you don't have to be colby covington you don't have to be fully on that side but you can say things that are small that are jabs you know like we all like we're in the fighting game so you can take a small jab at someone and it might not touch them you know but you still threw a slight jab to kind of stir up the pot a little bit and i feel like yeah. that's healthy that's that's what the business is for you're supposed to do that so you know is he yeah. taking it a little bit like i said he, he's called the cringiest um, fighter, I guess, for a reason. Oh,
1: a tough one, like, you know, a tough one. Because he just came from the celebration that we all loved. and I know. But, <sighs> remember, but remember, too, and I have to remind people, remember, after he did that celebration on his last fight, and Rain, I, I don't know if you know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah i like yeah. mm-hmm. Remember, after he does that, he goes off and mocks Alex Pereira's kid. Right, which was, I don't know, do you know about that, Rain? What he did to the no, kid? actually
0: that part, no. Yeah, I always okay. like the, the so, building.
1: So after he does the bow and arrow thing, which is really cool, okay, fine, it's pretty cool. Then he goes over, finds Alex Pereira's kid, after he knocks out his dad and then mocks the kid. Oh. Exa- exactly the way the kid had mocked him like a decade ago. Hmm. But the kid was a three-year-old kid at the time so you're you've been holding on to this anger against this child and it's like that was so awkward and then he goes off and gives a beautiful speech. So he's like sandwiching this cringiness between great stuff. But then, you know, this weekend at UFC 290 he comes off and does this. The crowd was booing pretty big. Um you know, then he's petty. The Dana- he's a
2: he's a petty guy, you can tell. You can see it.
1: Yeah, and it's he's tough, pettiness. you know. Um so, you know, the question is, and it's funny because you were saying about WWE and, and, and the merger there. And so now we're seeing more face-offs. Mm-hmm. Rain, do you think like with UFC being owned by now a greater conglomerate, isn't there like a risk that, that this organization is going to say, yo, you got to shut this crap down. You can't, you can't be having these people do this. These are professional athletes. This isn't the WWE, which we wouldn't allow it there either
0: yeah and that's the thing you know when i saw what happened this past saturday uh i felt i got that vibe of like are they trying to like promote like the next match like it was like a wwe vibe to me although you know obviously they're not going to use that type of language right yeah um but to me i felt like okay are we um trying to sell this you know too much uh, but on the other hand this is not like a scripted you know Storyline too, you know. It's not like yeah. you know there was a script writer who wrote this and gave him the script and like, hey, after this match, do your thing. <laughs> I mean, promo. I mean,
1: I mean, it would have been a, it would have been a pretty easy script. They just give him one word. <laughs> just, just need you to repeat yeah, this like a yeah. hundred times.
0: Wow. <laughs> that is, but you oh, know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I think um, you know, I, I've told my friend this before that um, you know I feel like with WWE and UFC, you know, kind of working together now. The thing that i did not want to lose uh, on the ufc side is like the authenticness of like the authenticity of like the matches the fights because we already know wwe scripted i don't want that you know in the mma scene and and you know this is why i fell in love with mma because like to me it's like i don't know what's gonna happen you know everything is like up in the air Um, And towards the end, I see like the respect, you know, between the fighters. And I really, really love that. So seeing what happened this past Saturday, it was kind of like a turnoff for me. Um, Does it make it, you know, a fight that people would want to see? Yeah, because now we're like, okay, I want to know who's going to win between these two. Right. Um, But for the most part, I don't want to lose that authentic side of MMA. And if we promote it too much. I don't want it to be like kind of WWE style we're in. It's like, we're just trying to oversell this match.
1: Yeah, but okay. But let's assume that that was not scripted at all. That's just him going off. Khalil as an up and coming professional, don't you think that like, that's not probably the best way to promote your fight, to go that hard in a world like we are today, so divided and stuff like that. Like, what is that going to do? Like, I could see potentially like people in the crowd start turning on one another because if one guy starts to cheer one aspect of that and another guy is diametrically opposed to that like you can be causing a lot of division amongst people Mm -hmm. this isn't just a fight between you two you're causing like you're creating like political strife Mm -hmm. you know what i mean then also the market i don't mean
0: to interrupt but
2: we see that dana is very big on attacking markets now we see that's what he's been talking about with, you know, we had three Mexican champs, you know, he kept talking about how he was trying to come at that market. So maybe this is another one of these weird schemes to stir up, you know, nothing sells and gets more clickbait than stuff that people don't agree with and stuff that cause controversy. And that's just been proven. So you have controversy from two people from a country, you know, you have all these new South African fighters, you have Izzy and, where he's from and you know it might be them trying to target another market you know everything's about money and you know everything's yes. about business so the wwe
1: sorry 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 go I ahead no just...
2: nah, it's okay i was like are you talking no but, no uh, my,
1: my phone went off my phone went off i
2: apologize <laughs> it's okay i just think everything is a business so um yeah as cringy and as terrible as that was i think that I see the idea that they had; it just wasn't executed well at all. It was
1: just. But you guys yeah. are both acting. But you guys are both acting like you think like this was somewhat not staged, but encouraged. I feel like he just went off on his own.
0: I, I yeah, I, I feel mean, like it's kind of staged. I mean, hip, yeah, Dana, even,
2: Dana even said after.
0: What's <laughs> that? For, sorry, go for go it.
1: Go ahead, Kalia. I'm, so, I'm sorry, my service. <laughs> No no, I think he's on a like a yeah. slight delay. That's why. Right? Oh, yeah, 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 we got you, Cleo. Go ahead. I can hear you. Um damn, I forgot my point.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: saying anyway, saying whether we'll or not going. saying we we'll saying that we don't think it's staged. It's not staged, right? This is just Oh yeah.
2: Him. Dana Dana even said after that, you know, when they talked about it that Izzy said that he wasn't going to do anything crazy. And I guess in his head that means like physical, you know, because we have seen that in yeah. the past where you know people start putting hands on each other connor's attacking the bus whatever it is but uh you know you can you can just tell this is what they're trying to do they're trying to boost this like even the, the bulk and temporia like you yeah. know just like how they're trying to create that energy and i feel like bulk handled that so well after the fight he was so chill um good energy right after a win it's like why you know you don't even need to engage in a negative energy you just want like you take the higher road and leave so uh It's
1: just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just against like the whole racial undertone thing,
0: because I feel
1: like that's just not good for our world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I'd encourage people to look into it, like you said, Cleo. I have no understanding of the whole South Africa thing and what this all means. Like, obviously, there's colonization aspects and things like that. I don't understand. I don't know the history of it. I tried to kind of look it up. I couldn't really figure it out. But all I know is that DDP was born and raised there so i mean i mean he's born and raised there rain we talked when you came on the podcast a couple weeks ago you're born and raised in the philippines Mm -hmm. you know that would be like you here now winning the title and then saying i'm going to take it back to the philippines and then someone saying well you're not filipino yeah (laughs) well wait a second i kind of am right like i like and then why would you who cares you know what i mean like that's the problem like who cares what country you want to affiliate yourself with or whatever i mean He's not affiliating it for a negative purpose. And brother, I'm
2: sorry. No, yeah, go ahead, go Um, ahead. I'm telling you, the biggest thing now is controversy sells.
1: We've seen all these
2: bad decisions happening where people don't agree. You have everyone on the internet going crazy. They're blatant. You know, some of these things have been pretty blatant. So you know, you just add one more thing in the pot to stir things up, controversy. (sighs) to get the internet going crazy, yeah. to get the comment sections going crazy and-
1: Right. But this, sad, you know. the, but this is just not the thing that you wanna do. Like, I just feel like this is not the thing you wanna do. Remember, and I was, this is what one of the big arguments I was having with someone online this morning about it. Cause I was saying like, ah, I don't think that's the greatest. And they're like, screw this. And they were, I'm trying to read it as I look at it, but like words, culture, customs, it's all fair game, blah, blah, blah. This guy's going off on me, right? And I said, okay, but remember the UFC has banned country flags. You're not allowed to carry your country's flag since uh, May of 2022, May of last year. They banned country flags. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so a lot of people don't realize that. So they banned, you can't carry your country flag anymore. And that was because there were like some conflicts around the globe and blah, blah, and they didn't want people carrying in flags. So if the UFC is willing to take that stance and say, okay, you can't carry your country flag, I feel like it's not a far stretch to go, hey, can you lay off this a little bit? You know? yeah you can
2: tell dana wasn't expecting all of that especially like you said with his like the way he was trying to play it off was so terrible after well, the fight. Um, yeah
1: and the guy kept
2: repeating the question too and it's like come on like it's an obvious thing like just just answer it and he didn't want to do it you know oh it's a tough one tough one for the sport
1: it, it really is it, it it's tough because you don't like to see it you want i mean again because you're a professional athlete khalil right like When you become a professional athlete, there is certain expectations people are going to have Mm -hmm. upon you. And again, WME or Endeavor, who you know this conglomeration now that owns this is a money-making business for them. They just spent like billions of dollars on this thing. They don't need it to be embroiled in racial issues. You know, create your fights, create your drama, whatever you want to do. But uh, you might want to stay away from certain topics, I would think. But We'll see what happens with with this fight. I mean, this fight's bound to happen though, right? Uh, Khalil, early picks, Izzy versus DDP, who you got? I mean,
2: I'll take Izzy just off the experience factor. Um, That first rematch with uh, Ferreira, I knew he was gonna lose just because of the size. Um, Alex came in huge that fight. Um, And I feel like Izzy, you know, he still has his moments to win. Um, but I see, I do think Izzy has better grappling than we all give him credit for. You know, we see Bolt come out and we see his game plan kind of change in his performance against Yair. So I'm hoping that, you know, if uh, Duplessis does try to grapple him, he is prepared for that. But I mean, if Duplessis is like plus 400, I would still put my money on uh, Mm -hmm. Duplessis just because you never know what to expect. I feel like he's the type of fighter like me where we're awkward. You don't know what to expect every fight. You think we have a certain style, but we really don't. We just are able to take advantage of other people's mistakes. And um, I feel like there's great value on the Plessy, seriously. Yeah. Especially after seeing what he did to Rob.
1: Yeah. No, he's great. Rain, uh, DDP versus Izzy, who you got?
0: Oh, I feel like Adesanya might win, but I personally would want DDP to win.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's better for the children that DDP <laughs> wins. Uh, but I will, say, I will say that my early bet right now is DDP. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Izzy, if he continues along this path, is going to be way too emotional. I think mm-hmm. he's going to really lose it. And if DDP can maintain his composure, mm-hmm. that's some of the best stuff you can do, Khalil. Like uh, That's some of the best stuff you can do when you have an opponent who's extremely emotional. If you can give them nothing back like what ddp did where he just stares into the air he wouldn't even look at him in the eyes you're not giving him anything that pisses them off so much more right. and it they <laughs> lose it because they're not getting the reaction that they want um so yeah so we'll see about that i think it's i think it's a very interesting thing but we'll see what happens uh i think if Dana, here's another prediction if dana continues to not realize what the hell is going on <laughs> I really think his job is in trouble, too, because remember, he's a contracted employee at this point.
0: I don't mm. think you can just
1: have this company blailing around with racist problems, racial problems and not deal with it. I think he has to deal with it. Like, it's almost impossible. And you
2: got to keep, you, you know, if you're running the ship, you got to keep everyone in line, you know. You got to keep yeah. uh, the boat rock in a certain way. So,
1: yeah. You know, because by his like,
2: response, it, it just wasn't a good one, you know.
1: No, it's like it's like Connor stuff, right? Like, you've got to draw the line in the sand somewhere. Otherwise, other people are going to start to do it, right? Like, you don't need... I mean, what happens if the next guy comes in and gives a speech like Izzy did? You're just going to be like, okay, cool, next one. Like, you can't have that over and over. So, I mean, you've you got to do something. Um, but anyways, we'll see. But thanks for breaking it down. I did want to get to just a couple more things before we get going. Uh, first one is... With the bantam women's bantamweight division, uh, Amanda Nunes retires. The title mm. is up for grabs, and we get word that this lady might be coming back. Ringside rain. That's your girl. That's your WWE. <laughs> Apparently she has given WWE notice. We're talking about mm-hmm. Ronda Rousey. She's given WWE notice saying she has an end date. She has done, I think it's before WrestleMania next year. So she's under a year left. And they're saying that she come back to UFC to fight. We've already talked about her Ooh. today saying that she's kind of not the same. The game mm-hmm. is changing, Khalil. It already changed by the time she got her two whoopens. Khalil, does Ronda Rousey come back?
2: Uh, everything is about money. You know, I do think that everyone that has been in the game and sees where the game is evolved to wants a piece of it. You know, especially if they help build it, like Ronda. Yeah. You know, she literally paved the way for for all the women's divisions, um, and women fighters. So I do think she she comes back and gets a fight. She'll probably get a favorable fight. She'll probably win. You know, um. I think experience goes a long way. You know, um, I feel like she's probably still healthy and I feel like she's probably still been working on her game. She sees what's going on out there. She sees what people are up to. I'm sure people are still contacting her, wanting to work with her, wanting to get her back in the cage. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be exciting. I remember back in the day when I used to go to bars and, and be ready to see Ronda Rousey fight. It's crazy. You know,
1: yeah, so I'm yeah. excited. Rain, you're in the wrestling world without revealing too much how how long before ronda rousey will be able to pass a usada p test oh god i'm Um, not saying this in a bad way but look wrestling is a crazy thing it's going to take massive tolls on your body with injuries mm -hmm, and whatever mm -hmm. if she can be taking anything she wants right now right like not in a bad way, but just to heal her body and keep, yeah. you know keep her body functioning for what she has to do. How? I mean, no,
0: I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, Ugh. I feel like uh, with Ronda Rousey, um, I feel like she did WWE mostly, you know, for the experience. And I guess also I agree with uh, what Khalil said earlier. It's always about the money, you know. It's a payday. Um, and for me, I've seen her in the WWE. I feel like she kind of stayed the same like since she started and now you mean physically um, right like yeah you know, yeah yeah. Yeah, She's not yeah
1: juicing up yeah yeah
0: yeah so i um to me maybe she reached that point wherein in she realized this is not really the competition that she really wants to be a part of anymore um you know she basically tried it and felt like okay not for me anymore And if UFC knocks at her door again, and again, if the price is right, I feel like she's going to take it. Um, The thing that I see, if she were to do it again, you know, she goes back into a fight. I am excited for whoever she ends up facing, because I see it as it'll help build up that person. Can you imagine if that person actually wins over, you know, Mm. Ronda, Ronda Rousey, who's coming back to UFC? You know, cause that alone is like big news, right? But then when you have someone <laughs> who ends up facing her, right? And ends up, you know, beating Ronda Rousey, like that would be a huge win for that person. So I'll tell
1: you right now, Khalil, are you in trouble? Are the cops coming for you? Or is that rain? Nah, I just live downtown LA. So it's always- <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: downtown, oh, yeah, it's always like that, all right, all right. downtown Don't
1: worry. I'll tell you who Ronda Rousey is fighting. <laughs> ronda rousey is going to be fighting misha tate for their third (laughs) fight it's it's the perfect fight for both of them they Mm. hate each other with a passion it's a winnable fight for ronda rousey Mm. i think misha tate wins it which would be my preference because i'm a misha tate fan but i think that's the fight you bring ronda rousey back she can't fight for the title because you can't, you can't just give her a title fight. You got to let her, yeah. you know, like, uh, get, her, get her feet wet. And I think Misha Tate, that's the massive fight. That's the fight we've all wanted to see uh, ever since they fought the first two times. So mm-hmm. put them back in there. Let them fight again, Khalil. That's, that's my pick for uh, Ronda Rousey. Last thing we'll talk about. Very quickly, I apologize, guys. What, last quick thing. Yeah, cool. When Mark Zuckerberg fights Elon Musk another wwe guy has stepped in logan paul says he is going to st- fight patty the Batty for free <laughs> on the undercard khalil this is a bunch of nonsense
2: no no i i think jake's actually been trying to get into mma um i've seen him training with no izzy. no no he logan logan, logan paul oh logan i'm sorry yeah whatever logan they're he's the been same. training with izzy yeah Yeah, he lost to Mayweather. The other one lost to the other guy, Tommy Fury. But yeah, he's been training his grappling, so he's been trying, you know? And when you're an athlete and you, like you said with with Rainstead and with Ronda, when you're in the WWE and you're not really competing, like like you can't really talk shit. Like like it's not authentic. You want something authentic. So it makes sense for him to want to test himself in the cage. But I do think that Hattie the Batty is a bad boy. Like, even though he gets a lot of stuff, he's definitely overrated. But I think his grappling is really good. I think if he really wanted to, he'd probably beat the
1: brakes off of Logan Paul. So, yeah, I don't think that's the opponent. But, I mean, even if Logan Paul comes, comes to fight at all on that card, it would be pretty amazing. Rain, are you a Logan Paul fan?
0: No. <laughs> really? No? Not really. I mean, I respect his ability, right? I'm always uh I guess my take on this is I feel like there's other people um who want that spot so bad, right they've worked they've worked so hard That's their good. whole lives just to get that spot right and I'm not saying he never you know he's never done any work at all. I feel like he has too, but I feel like I would rather for someone who wants this so bad who's been very passionate about this this, you know, someone who has this dream to be inside a cage to take that spot. Like, I don't want, like, you know, I feel like the novelty fights, let's leave that in the wrestling world. Let's leave it there, you know. In the MMA stage, MMA cage, I feel like, you know, it's a professional setting, you know, professional sport, professional athletes. Um, I feel like we need to save those spots for people who really want to be in there, um, not because, you know, they just want the spotlight. I feel like right. the spot should be given to people who've worked hard for, you know, to have that spot in the cage.
1: Very well that's said. That's
0: my take on it. So- no, no, no.
1: Very, no, very well said. I feel like that's a mic drop statement. Only issue is, mind you, we're talking about the undercard of a fight between two bi- multi-billionaires <laughs> who have never fought a day in their life. You know I mean? So like the, the whole, the whole, thing, is the whole yeah. thing is a circus. The whole thing is a circus. But uh, yeah, that's what that is. All right, um, guys, I'm going to end the podcast here. I really appreciate it. I know I've kept you both much longer than I, and I said I would, but I feel the conversation. No, was this really is good. awesome.
0: It was perfect.
1: No, it's very, very cool. Khalil, <laughs> awesome. on, uh, I'm going to ask you on a scale of one to 10, how did Rain do as a co host for my first time having her as a co host? One to 10, 10 being the best.
2: I mean, you gotta give her a ten. You know, her energy is unmatched. You know, she's got the smile. She's got knowledge, not only in MMA but WWE. Like we've been talking. Um, I feel like she made some great points as well. And you know, I fuck with her vibe.
1: All right, all right. I like the judging. You didn't mention the Hello Kitty in the background. The Hello Kitty, though, obviously plays <laughs> a like... factor. Can't okay. See I didn't yeah. even see that. All right, all right. So maybe an eleven then? An eleven? All right. Yeah. And and Rain oh, Khalil she, she as got a, dogs, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I do have dogs. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. outside though <laughs> for and, now because, like, if not, they're gonna be scratching the door to come in. Here.
1: Rain Khalil Seriously, as a yeah. guest. This is your first time interviewing him on the Fight Insight podcast. As as a guest, how would you rate Mr. Khalil uh, Pearson?
0: 11. Oh, eleven.
1: Eleven, even with I no like Hello Kitty,
0: like last minute, like. I remember when you, when you told me what's happening today and I was like, well, I know someone, I feel like he's going to be good, you know, and I sent you a <laughs> profile and then you're like, Oh, he's ready. And I was like, yeah, what? that's awesome. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Khalil think about, you know, we talked about like being a good person and, and, and being in sports and stuff like that. Just think, I want you to know, think about the impact you made on rain Cruz. <laughs> that to the point that like you meet her at that UNF event Right, she sees you there fighting. She talks to you a little bit. The first chance she has to say, "Hey Tim, would you like some input? Would you like me to suggest someone?" The first name is Khalil Pearson. So first I want and you to only, know.
0: Only, by the way, first and only. That's
1: love. That was gonna be my question in the DMs, though. I was gonna
2: ask you later, but <laughs> that is love. Yeah. That man. is love. I appreciate you so much, Rain. Um, like you said, I feel like we locked in when we when we're in the cage, and I can't wait to get you that dub.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you guys, I can't wait to see both of you in in action in the future. You guys are both amazing. I'd love to have you back, Khalil, one day if you'd like to keep doing this. I'd love to have you back. Love to, love to. Rain, of course, I'm having you back. That's, I mean, it's a no brainer. You can't even say no. It's too bad. (laughs) Uh, I, do, I do also want to say friends of the podcast update. Normally I do this at the middle of the podcast. I apologize. Chelsea Chandler from Stockton, California. She's a huge favorite of mine, former guest of the podcast. Chelsea Chandler is finally back fighting at featherweight this weekend as well. So bet all your money on her. Right. She's going to Stockton slap the hell out of her opponent. I love Chelsea Chandler. She's there. And then I want to give a shout out to Rageworks Podcast Network. We're on that network out of New York. So that's a New York podcast. Okay. You can go find a bunch of podcasts there as well as ours. Guys, thank you so much. I'm going to end the show for our audio listeners. That's it. For uh, people here watching us on video, you'll see some videos that you can click. But thank you very much, guys. I've had a wonderful time with both of you. You guys are both amazing. Thank you for making this podcast great.
0: Thank you for having us. Have
1: a good one, guys. See you later. See you, Khalil. Take care, buddy. Thank you. See you, brother.